You ready? Yes. Okay, welcome back. We are not in the boat because we're in Denver. I'm with my sister, Liv. Hi. Want to introduce yourself? I'm Liv. I live in Denver. <laughs> I am so excited. A huge part of why I wanted to do this podcast was because of my sisters. I have three little sisters. So I've never been one to share much on social media. So right. It took a lot of like soul searching to be like, I'm yeah. going to put personal stories on the internet forever. But part of that was because I watched Liv go through similar stuff that I was going through. Graduating, moving across the country, ending a relationship with a long-term boyfriend, and then starting to date a woman. <laughs> <laughs> it just was very similar. And I was like, man, if I had listened to some of these conversations that I was having with you, Liv, and also Mitch Donner, I was like, yeah, if I had been able to listen to other people have these types of conversations, that would have been really helpful for me. So I wanted to do this for my siblings and the honorary siblings, queer folk out there, going through really some stuff, who might be in the same boat. Um, yeah. so, that is why I want to put it on the internet, even though it's like super fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Here I am. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Oh. Okay. Dude, at the end of the last episode, I asked for criticism. Asking you shall receive, apparently. <laughs> Emily's pissed. I got criticism and I'm fun fit and I asked for it, but next time I will only be asking for compliments and please do not say anything else. Anyway, we got some, I got criticism. Oh, uh, dude, I love criticism. No, it was totally fine. It was actually 100% reasonable. The conversation that we had in the first episode was, um, Shana and I described what the goop phase was yeah, and I how know. we sort of became friends and, and whatever, and I related to what she was going through because I had experienced it multiple years earlier. And the conversation was sort of like, wow, there's a lot of growth that's happening in your 20s. And if you spend that time sort of discovering yourself and your identity, that's that's really positive. And so anyway, so some feedback <laughs> that I got was like, uh, hot, hello, you're going to have a midlife crisis anyway. And I... <laughs> I think I should backtrack a little bit and say that I, I was hoping that we sort of emphasized enough that, yeah, we can't say that, like, we're not going to have a midlife crisis. Oh my and gosh, I'm right. not saying that I'm not expecting that. I'm actually fully expecting to have a midlife crisis. Just, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I do think that that's going to happen. The only thing that we were trying to get across was that, and maybe this is just, like, making ourselves feel better or whatever, but I think that any amount of time that you spend trying to strengthen the foundation of yourself is going to make it so that in the future it's less easy to shake that foundation. So then when you get to a period of life where you're like, well, this is new. <laughs> like, oh yeah. shit. Um, it's, it's less intense. It's less scary. Everybody goes through a goop phase. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody does, whether they realize it or not. We're just here explaining ours and hoping you can relate to it. Yes. Hopefully people relate to it. But for the purpose of knocking myself down like a peg in terms of the whole like midlife crisis whatever thing like maybe there is some you know background that would have been important so i'm i'm obviously super excited and like proud of the fact that i'm confident in my identity now but like it is somewhat noteworthy that and entered the real world at the age of 20 whatever and was like oh my god <laughs> um, do I like men or women? 
like, what part of the LGBTQA am I? am I? <laughs> On the spectrum. I'm open to all of it. I'm just not sure And part, one of the things that I said, I listened back at the first podcast and, and I had said something along the lines of like, oh, if you're, you know, spending these formative years focused on another person, then you're not focused on your, yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Great, fine, whatever. And the, this period of time, it's not the only formative years of your life, right? Like there are many <laughs> other formative years of your life. Okay, fair um, and uh, for example, I think that if you yourself had to, because I've always, you know, you have always been this very confident person. Um, I think that if you had decided, like, I'm, you know, I'm ready, I'm going to marry this person, I'm going to have kids, I'm going to get a house, all of that stuff, I would have been like, yes. You know what? If you're saying that, then you're ready for it. You have, like, you know, done all this self-actualization. You know who you are. You're ready. And I think I needed to maybe say that there are other people who also are that confident at that age and definitely ready for that. And I didn't elaborate on that. And I think that part of what I left out, and maybe an important, <laughs> a very important piece of that, is... There are so many other formative years that happen leading up to that, and and people do have this self-actualization throughout that time, and then they are confident in who they are when they make these life decisions in their 20s. Um, so, like, what the fuck was I doing? And mm-hmm. I had decided before that, like, it's not, oh, it's not relevant. But it super is. It, it, it is, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, I was very hesitant when I was writing, like, details for this episode, because I was like, well, this is not really a, a relatable story, but the last time I said this was not a relatable story, um, in a joking way, I was very much proven wrong. Mm. <laughs> but even if, like, the details themselves aren't necessarily specifically relatable, I think that the, the meaning behind them sort of, you know, it still is. Oh, absolutely. That's a decent segue into what I want to talk about. Childhood! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and you're the perfect person to talk to about this, because you were there for all of it. But we did have a weird childhood. <laughs> and I think that for me, at least, and I want your opinion on this, um, that may have prevented me from going through this, like, who am I as a person? Maybe earlier. I agree. Um, yeah. So the age of, like, nine-ish to 12-ish is when you're sort of figuring out, you know, who you are, what are your opinions, just a lot of stuff about yourself. Mm-hmm. And when I was nine and you were seven, our youngest sister had a stroke. Yeah. And was born with cerebral palsy. And, like, that for me was, like, my... Everything that I am gets put aside, and I am here for this person. 100%. I mean, it was an active decision that I made that wasn't put on me, wasn't forced upon me. It was, like, I'm making this decision, and the reason I hesitate with the details, aside from it not being relatable, is hopefully someday she'll hear this, and I don't want her to think that this is something that I regret, because honestly, if I could go back, I would not change a thing. It's funny, our different, like, perspectives. You went the, you went the maternal route with her, and I went just the friend or sister route, I guess, but... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and what I do think, like, that has to do, at least in part, with, like, whatever age that I was when she was born... I think that contributed to me being like, I am her parent now. 
Yeah. And that is it. Like she's You're like, like, I want to be here to help. Yes, right I'm now. Here. What can I do? I'm in third grade. <laughs> but I think that in uh, in some ways it was actually easier, like that decision to be like, I guess I'm an adult now. Yeah, I'm gonna be a parent to this person essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while I myself am legitimately a child. I think <laughs> in a way and like again, it wasn't that that wasn't put onto me. Right. It was right, just right. like that was what I wanted to do. And I think that in some ways it was easier than than sort of figuring out myself. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, does that make sense? Like I yeah. there, so there were formative what I was getting at is that there were formative years of childhood mm-hmm. that typically are focused on yourself because you as a child you're not focused on other people but this was right. a weird situation which is also I was like it's not going to be super relatable but like I, I well it kind of I didn't spend much time focusing on like oh who am I I think all of that was positive for me like I I yeah, don't for your personal experience consider that a negative thing I don't want it to come across like oh it took away from me like it didn't yeah. it made me who I am however I do think that it contributes to the fact that it took me until, you know, I was damn near pushing 30 to be like, I'm confident. I'm one. So, and, I, and I think that that was probably big because I just spent so much time being like, mm-hmm. this other person is my focus. Um, and it made me grow up really, really fast, but in a good way, in a way that I really appreciated. And I think resulted in this, like, I, I'm not 100% sure of who I am as a child. But I gravitate towards people who um, are not my age because people who are my age, they do not relate. Yeah. Was an adult and was like, okay, I am confident in who I am. I'm <laughs> taking some time to figure that out. But I think that the, you know, I still sort of gravitate towards and connect more with people who have a little bit more life experience. And I think that that circles back to childhood. I don't think that's a bad thing at all, actually. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, I mean, just to circle the conversation background to, like, lesbianism and dating. (laughs) (laughs) The last woman I dated was older than me. (laughs) Like, no. That makes a lot of sense. And it's also not that I'm saying, like, uh, if I were to connect with someone who's a little, who's my age or a little bit younger that I wouldn't date them, because I'd be like, oh, you're a little bit younger than me. Like, that'd be, I mean, that's silly. Um, Right. Ridiculous, but you like—I feel like can kind of relate to that because I feel like you were not necessarily expecting to connect with someone younger than you, maybe for similar reasons. Yeah, I don't—I don't necessarily know where mine are rooted. I don't know. I've always been attracted to people that are on a same maturity level as I am. For sure. Um, my age preference comes from what I need at the time. Yeah. I've been the, you know, oh, let me date someone, you know, four or five, six years older than me. I've also been at the, you know, let me date somebody the same age as me. Um, and before it was men, so... I don't know, I got out here and I kind of realized, I was like, wow, I relate to women so much more. I don't know, I've been fine with, you know, like the age gap and the woman I'm seeing now or dating now or whatever. Yeah, she's younger and I don't know, she's exactly what I need, you know? She's been like the best thing ever. Yeah, I'm so happy for you. She's lovely. Do you, Are you comfortable telling like a slight bit of your story? Whatever you want? Yeah, we can talk about my story. 
I was the girl in high school and college. I was the one that always had the boyfriend. I And I never really thought of myself in that way, but... Okay, well, something you have to understand about Liz, it wasn't just so, like, you wanting to have a boyfriend, because you've always been, I feel like, very independent. It, people are so drawn to you. You're, like, so sure of yourself. It's so admirable, and people are attracted to that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't really see it that way. I felt, you know, like, having a boyfriend was almost validation. So... Okay. Yeah, that was my perspective, which, probably not super healthy, but I was like, you know what, I am... A woman. I should have a boyfriend. And I was that girl. And never really realized it until college where a lot of my friends were having their experimental phase or whatever. And I was like, I would sometimes be like a little bit jealous of that. I still had a lot to discover about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Example one, that I like vaginas. prominent example I can give. (laughs) Um, Anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so broke up with this guy and I moved out to Denver and that was... (laughs) Not to be dramatic, but it was the best day of my life. (laughs) But yeah, so I got out here and I... It felt like that feeling when you're like, what the fuck do I do now? Mm -hmm. Like, nobody is here to tell me not to do anything. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Luckily, like, my job put us all in this group chat before we all moved to where we were going, whatever. We all worked remote and we could all find who else was working in the city we were moving to. So there were a handful of people that were also moving to Denver at the same time that I was, starting in the same job position I was, and um, I recognized this one girl's name in the group chat and I was like oh I saw her post on Facebook and she looked super fun and she was like very open and confident about the fact that she was part of the queer community and she reached out like separately and I was like great this is awesome I have a girl friend that's Mm -hmm. gonna start working with me um and we had made plans to meet up my first weekend literally I like I can still picture her walking up to me she walked up with this like beaming smile she had taken a scooter she just seemed like such a good time and I was still you know like adjusting to happiness so I was like wow this is amazing like we got drinks I was still kind of like a little bit shy whatever and we got to talking she made me feel so comfortable because as soon as we met we clicked immediately like it was kind of it was that situation like I just felt like I knew her in my head I'm like I've never dated women before I don't know, I don't even know where my head was at at the time, but I all I had known was I liked women, but I'd never dated one before. I never needed to, almost, mm-hmm. and it just, like, it was just easier to date men. I, I honestly don't know what it was, but I was like, I feel very drawn to this person. And I was like, I think I really like this girl. Like, I don't know what to do about it. I can't tell if she's flirting with me. Like, I can't tell if this is just how she is with... That's the thing, right? Yeah, I was like... Oh, God, so difficult. I know, it was hard to tell, but but looking back on it, so, okay, I couldn't tell. I was like, maybe this is just how this girl is. But the funny thing is, we were kind of in the same boat. She assumed I was straight. Yeah. And she felt the same way about me. She was like, I can't tell if this girl's flirting with me or if she just is like this. Which, in her defense... I am pretty flirty in general, yeah. but it was different with her, which obviously, I mean, she didn't know because she didn't know me. 
like, shouldn't know that that's how I was, like, how I was, whatever. So one night, she came over, and we, honestly, like, I've never had conversations like I've had with this girl. We would just talk forever, and we just clicked. This girl, for some reason, was so easy for me to open up to. It was very mutual, so we got to know each other so quick. We were both trying to be, like, we're co-workers at this point, let's be professional, we're just friends, we're not trying to, like, you know, jump into anything crazy, we just moved here, whatever. I'm clearly still trying to, like, figure myself out. She, Mm -hmm. She knows herself, which, like, was intimidating. And she's younger, so, like, lots of respect there. It was, like, all new to me. All of these feelings were very new. Anyways, so that night, she had put her hand out slightly, and I was like, okay, maybe an opportunity. I I don't know. So I, like, grabbed her hand, and we were just kind of, like, holding hands, and then I kissed her. I made the first move because... In her eyes, I'm straight. Mm -hmm. So she didn't want to feel weird about Mm -hmm. kissing me and me being like, oh, what the fuck? (laughs) So I made the first move. And I kind of sensed that, too. Yeah. Because there were moments before where it was kind of like, is she going to make a move? And then I was kind of like, she thinks I'm fully straight. She's never going to make a move. Um... But yeah, so I ended up kissing her first, and it was, like, a really cute little kiss, and then, like, she looks at me and she goes, oh, so you are flirting with me. (laughs) And I was like, yes. (laughs) And she was like, (laughs) she was like, I couldn't tell. I didn't know if it was just, like, how you were with your girlfriends, and I was like, tell me about it. I couldn't tell, like, if you were treating me like you would treat a girlfriend, like, girlfriend, female friend, whatever. So it was... It was funny. It was, like, a funny realization for both of us. And then things from there kind of moved really fast, which was not necessarily what either of us wanted or expected. And it got to the point where I was, like, not being, like, I don't know if I'm into girls, which is what I was afraid of her thinking. Because yeah. I was, like, I know I like women, too. Yeah. But I didn't want it to come across as, like... I'm pushing you away because you're a woman. It was mm-hmm. like, a, I'm pushing you away because just the fact I wasn't ready for anything serious. Yeah. So we just kind of became friends, which we were both fully on board with. Like, we had those conversations and we were both fine with. We would see other people and we're both fine with each other seeing other people. Like, we're neither of us are jealous people, especially because we make each other feel loved no matter yeah. what. Neither of us are insecure. We know, like, we absolutely love each other and it just works. I'm like, do what makes you happy. I'll do what makes me happy. Neither of us need to stress. We're in a really good place. She's the first, like woman I've really had feelings for. I've always known, not always known that I've, you know, been attracted to women, but she was the first woman where I was like, oh. (laughs) Have you had crushes before that you can, like, think back on and be like, oh, maybe that's what that was, or, like, I thought of it as admiration at the time, but maybe that was Yeah, absolutely. So, I had this soccer coach at one point. Oh my god, are you talking about Yes. She was lovely. Like, she she was beautiful. I had <laughs> athletic. I don't know. I had such a fucking crush. She spoke Portuguese. I don't she know. spoke Portuguese. She bossed me around, which is hot. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could call it my sexual awakening was my female soccer coach. Kind of wild. Growing up, being gay was abnormal. Yeah. 
And so... Well, and it's interesting, too, that our family didn't necessarily, like, push that on us. It was right. Like, which is also what I wanted to get into, because normalcy was never pushed on us, but it's not always been normal. It's not always been okay, and we, you know, have this situation of having been raised, being told that it was okay, but then also, I mean, our parents were surprised that you started dating a woman. So there's like that yeah. sort of paradox, I guess, of like, yes, it's okay, but then themselves being a little bit surprised, even though. Yeah, sometimes there is, I mean, you know, like you hear those stories where, you know, like, kids will come out to their parents mm-hmm. and the parents are like yeah we know we knew mm-hmm. all along and it's fine whatever and then you see the stories that are just like tragic i mean with our parents or our family i never felt like i never felt the need to come out uh, to me either. yeah to me like coming out wasn't even a thing i was like no. you know what i just like what i like and my parents are gonna be fine with that it's and just like who am i dating i'll let them know when it feels right exactly and like that it just is what it is and they're yeah. gonna be fine with it and i thank them a lot for that yeah i mean i do appreciate the fact that they like honestly as far as i can remember with them, like, sort of talking about, like, the future. It was never... The word husband was very rarely, if ever, used. I think, like, for me, it was like... I think, oh, God, my parents. <laughs> our, our parents. Our parents. We are sisters, we swear. We can tell about the similarities in our voice. I don't know how to fix that. I'm so sorry. Um, anyway, I'm Em. Um, <laughs> I'm Liv. I'm the one that's laughing the whole time. <laughs> um, no, I, I think my parents tried for a really long time to explain to me that I was gay. <laughs> and I was like, you guys are wrong. Like, it was just such the opposite, like... Not only that, they would... <laughs> so they would... I don't want to, like... I don't want to say they would whisper behind her back, because it wasn't... Uh-huh. It wasn't whispering, because they weren't... It wasn't, like, gossip. No. But, you know, they it would... It wasn't s- negative. They would see some of the things that, like... <laughs> Emily would post on Instagram and they would like turn to me and they'd be like, hey, is Emily, you know, like, is she gay? (laughs) And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I don't think she's dating any of the women she posts on Instagram. But they were like, yeah, like, we're just wondering, like, we've got some like family asking us just because of like. Did they? Oh, right. Yeah. It was more like curiosity. Sure. Yeah. Like I would get that question quite a bit from our parents. So it was just like, how do we support her? Which I super appreciated. Absolutely adore about them. But yeah, I just didn't know at that time. Yeah, but that, that that whole situation that happened with you yes. is what I was trying to avoid with my own situation. Yeah. Like, whenever I told our parents I'm kind of seeing a girl... The initial reaction was shock. That's fine, obviously. I've always had a boyfriend. I've always, you know, I I guess... I don't know. I think they should have hidden their shock a little bit better, but continue. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. The shock went on a little bit more than I would have liked. It wasn't the best reaction. It wasn't... Coming from people who we knew were, like, very, very open and okay with that and had always made, like, an outward effort. It was unexpected because of the way they had talked about it in the past. And, like, yes, they were... And they were shocked because out of all of our siblings that we have, you probably, to them, came across as the most, quote-unquote, heterosexual. So for you to be like, oh, I'm dating this 
woman. Like, yeah. I can see why that would have been surprising to them <laughs> to bring back to data, to get to, you know, compared to all of the data that yeah. presented to them in the past. Yes, that is a little bit contradictory, but... Not, yeah, I'm not at all upset or judging how they handled it. Like, yeah, they were definitely shocked by it. And that showed. And it showed, and that's fine, but it was just... It was, like, certain comments surrounding that that bothered me, like the whole, oh, your ex really ruined you for men. And, like, yeah, that's a joke, and that's, like, maybe a coping mechanism. To be fair, like, it was a little bit funny to me also, but I felt like it was hyper-focused on a little bit too much. It took away from the seriousness of the conversation that I was hoping to have. Like, they are supportive, and they genuinely don't care. It was just, like, it was just the fact that it wasn't taken seriously, I think. Yeah. That bothered me. It wasn't necessarily... It wasn't the fact that, like, I don't think they would support it. It was just the fact that they didn't take what I was saying seriously. Oh, yeah. And if I had come back and been like, no, this is, like, a real conversation we need to have. Like, this is serious. They would have been like, okay, let's have that conversation. I truly... They really didn't mean to be malicious in any sort of way. Like, none of it. Like, they are the kind of parents who are just like, I honestly cannot imagine, like, I can... I can put together any kind of picture of a person. I cannot come up with one that I would be uncomfortable taking home to our parents and our family. And to me, that, that that's super, super meaningful, especially yeah. like, as I get older, as I meet more people who didn't have parents who were super accepting of them. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the fact that they are not accepting of that. It's just the fact that they didn't take it seriously. Exactly. That is simply yes. the best way I can put it. This is relatable to somebody. It's gotta be. I, yes. I mean, maybe the specific details aren't hugely relatable, but I think on some level, you know, the meaning behind them still is relatable. Maybe. Or if it's not, maybe it's relatable to the one person in, you know, Kansas or Belgium or wherever. <laughs> they're like, yeah, same. <laughs> Great, that's all I wanted. Like, I just want... It's just, like, if yeah. I had been able to hear these kinds of conversations, you know, a handful of years ago, I'd been like, that is really nice to hear. So... Someday, this will not, find somebody at the perfect moment. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> that, and that's all I'm here. Like, I, seriously, I would not be bearing my soul to the goddamn internet. <laughs> Goddammit. <laughs> oh, uh, man, okay. We have the same laugh. That's going to be really difficult. <laughs> Do you remember when mom told me I laughed like grandma? Uh, she tells me that all the time. That you laugh like grandma? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. We I'm not have the, the same one. All of us. Well, it's just the... (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, my neighbors are going to text me again.